This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Goalie Ashwa Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. Use promo code the Show Up That Foundation to get 10% off your order. Zendurance Active Wellness and Sports Nutrition. Their products are designed to maximize your health. At Zendurance, they strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad. Use my code, the show up dad, and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zendurance.com. Tall Man Equipment, standing taller than the rest of the competition in Lyman Tools since 1952. Give them a follow at www.tallmanequipment.com. And last but not least, Adam Lane Smith. He is an attachment specialist who helps people to heal, connect, and build. Use my promo code SHOW, spelled S-H-O-W, for a 50% discount on his attachment boot camp course. Thank you. Welcome back to the Show Up Dad podcast, where we dive deep into the joys and challenges of fatherhood. This is the Lyman Chronicles, episode 33, and today we have a very special guest joining us, journeyman Lyman Miguel Quinones. Miguel is not only a dedicated youth pastor, but also a journeyman lineman with over 23 years of experience. He brings a unique combination of insight and faith to our conversation on forgiving our fathers. Thank you for being here today, Miguel. We're so thrilled to have you on our show and excited to hear your perspective on this important topic that holds a lot of significance for both me personally, and I hope our conversation can provide some guidance and healing for those who might be struggling in this area, brother. So once again, thank you for coming on. Thank you, David. Thank you for allowing me to be here. It's a pleasure to be here and an honor to be in front of you. Absolutely, brother. Well, you've always been a mentor to me, Miguel. I, I remember uh, I met you, gosh, probably seven years ago, right? I, I think it's going on seven, eight years ago. And uh, I remember when I first met you, I was like, who is this guy? You know, and <laughs> I heard you talk and I noticed that there was something different about you within the cruise. Um, your alignment at the time. And uh, I had, I was pushing a crew for the GF at the time. And um, I remember just seeing that you were different. You were completely different. And I was like, well, who is this guy? You know, what does he know? You know, and me being so headstrong and so full of religion, right? I was like, oh, wow, he's a pastor. Okay, well, he's a pastor. Does he know as much as I know? You know, and I automatically got into this mode where I was like, oh, what does he really know? You know what I mean? And um, it was kind of crazy, you know, and just the way life transpired and everything, you wound up being my mentor who... I look up dearly too. So, <laughs> you know, that's pretty awesome the way it comes around full circle. Especially like I said, when I met you the first time, you know, just the same, the same feeling that you had, you know, like what's different about this guy where I had the same thing. And I knew right away, you know, that you were different. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, okay, God, how am I going to get to him? <laughs> for you, for you guys who don't know me, uh, Miguel see me at my, my worst. And, uh, you know, he, he had enough grace and patience with me and he didn't shun me. He didn't turn me away. You know, he wasn't one of the typical uh, people that we see out there that people call Bible thumpers and stuff like that, who are like, oh, I don't want to hang around with this guy. This guy's a sinner or get away from me or whatever. No, Miguel took all of us. He, he took us into his home. Um, he, he made us feel at home. We were, we were sojourners in that area. I had never worked in that area. We're working out of state from our home. 
for a lot of us. And uh, he welcomed us into his home, him and his beautiful wife, and uh, just showed us true love, you know, true brotherhood, I should call it, right? And uh, I thought that was so amazing. And that's what really softened my heart to want to really listen to what you were putting down, really, you know? Well, I mean, every everywhere we go, you know, we got to make a difference. Everywhere, doesn't matter if you're a church, doesn't matter if you're with your family, you know, even, even around work, that's where you need to be truly that you're a Christian person. Because um, mm -hmm. you're a Christian at home. Everybody is Christian at that church. I mean, not everybody. But when you go home, when you go to work, that's when you make a big difference. And that's one of the things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be different and show people that God really, God really exists. Mm -hmm. Now, Miguel, I know that's your, 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 your passion and you're really great at it. How did you get there? How did you get to that? spot or that point in life like take us back to growing up in your childhood and, and all that different stuff and how that came around full circle if you don't mind yeah no 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 mind. Um, you know one of the one of the things that we got to understand is that we as dads as parents or as fathers we're supposed to set an example to our kids mm -hmm. that's the example that our kids are going to follow and how you treat your wife how you treat your family you know they're gonna or our kids are gonna be looking into that mm -hmm. Well, my childhood it was a little bit different because my dad used to be a police officer in Mexico, in Juarez, and uh, my the, the life that we had was a little bit different. Mm -hmm. The life that we had it was that so everybody can understand is the dog was eating was eating better than than us. Wow! You know, my dad was a type of person that he was home once in a while and then he left, came back home and then he left. So he was hardly ever home. You know, the only time he comes home is he pretty much gets my mama pregnant and then leaves. Comes home, beats her up, and leaves her on the floor, you know, bleeding, you know, ball beat up. And since I was the oldest, I got to see every single thing. Yeah. And every time my dad used to go home for us, you, you know, we try to make connection with him because he was with dad, you know, he was with dad. Yeah. But at the same time, around the age, around 11, 12, I started, you know, like hating my dad. Mm -hmm. And I started hating him because he was not there. But yet he wanted to be there for us to correct us. And at the same time, you know, we're like, come on, you know, you're hardly home. You were ever home. You know, yeah. you left us over there in Juarez pretty much to, you know, eat whatever we can find. You know, um, like he was never home, literally. I mean, it was a lot of things that we had, my mom had to do them wrong. So yeah. me as a, the oldest of the family, we're, we're six, we're total seven, six boys and one girl. I had to pretty much grow up pretty fast. Yeah. At the age of five, I was already selling stuff, you know, on, on the buses and on the, uh, in Juarez. I was already on those buses selling candy or cleaning the bank that, um, cleaning stuff, going downtown to Juarez, stealing the fruit out of the, the little carts. You know, I yeah. was doing a lot of bad stuff that a five, six year old guy was not supposed to be doing it. But since I was looking at uh, my dad and looking at all my little brothers that I had, you know, it was uh, at, that, at that point when I was five, we like, it was two more brothers. You know, I had to bring stuff for my to my for my brothers so I can eat. And I grew up with that. I grew up with that. That every time that I did something, I did it for my friends, for my brothers, for my mom. Every mm -hmm. time you know we did something, I used to work hard so I can provide for my mom, and provide for my brothers. I remember my first paycheck when I came to to the United States. My first paycheck that I got it was 140 bucks for one week of work. I was wow. like all excited, but the first thing that I did is buy toys for my brothers. I remember about toys for them because I felt like that was my job as a, as a big brother. Mm -hmm. But then as I was growing up, every time my dad, my dad, 
came to Jesus, I think, in 1990. In 1990, he came to God, and he got together with my mom. At that time, I was already not very well connected with God. At that time, I was trying to see God, but it wasn't working out very well between me and God. Because I saw the example that my dad was setting. My parents were very religious. I mean, and the, the, I'm not going to say the denomination, but the religion that we were on before, it was very strict. Mm-hmm. You have even, the, even the, the glasses that you had, they was the wrong ones. Even the ordering that you were, you're not supposed to do that. Even the haircut that I have right now, it was, it was wrong. You know, it was many things that it was wrong. Mm-hmm. So I started separating from God and I started hating my dad. I totally did not, didn't want to listen to my dad at all. You know, when I was through high school, all the way through high school, we never had a relationship me and him. Every time he, he tried to talk to me, I listened to him, but I never really paid attention. You know, it came from one ear, it came out of the other, or sometimes I didn't even go inside because there was so much hate that I had against him. It was so much that um, there was uh, so many things that started happening in my life that pretty much like didn't want to didn't want to be with that at all. Mm-hmm. It got to the point that. Pretty much, I was, you can say, I wasn't like an atheist. I didn't want to believe in God because of everything that I saw. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of things started happening in my life that I separated completely from God. I got married at 19 because I wanted to get away from home, but I found someone that looked different, that it was different. Her character, her attitude, the way she spoke, the way she talked. I mean, it was something that it attracted me. You know, she, every time I used to speak to her, that is my wife now, Gabby. Um, mm-hmm. She used to give me peace. Every time I talked to her, he gave me peace. He gave me like something is better. We ended up getting married and we moved, uh, we moved out. Of, I moved out of the house and I was struggling a lot, money-wise, work-wise, everything. Even though I had my degree, it still didn't work out. Mm-hmm. We went to Kansas because God is not in Kansas. God doesn't exist in Kansas, you know. So I was trying to run away from home and away yeah. from all my, all my stuff. And I moved to Kansas and started working. I started working at different jobs. And um, the first time I saw somebody climb a pole, I was working on a gas station. And I saw this guy climbing the pole with his hooks and everything. And I was outside and I was looking at it like, the heck is that? And then I went to talk to him and I told him, hey, what do you call that? And he told me, I'm a lineman. You know, like, I never heard that expression. Asked me, so how do I apply or what? And he asked me, are you afraid of heights? And I said, yeah, never been high enough. He said, are you afraid of electricity? I said, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really work on that right now. He said, you're perfect, go apply. So as soon as I started working, I started. I went to apply at the Cedar Garden City. Mm-hmm. Something started changing. Something started changing, and I noticed that I had a purpose. Yeah. But even like that, I was still running away. I still didn't want to listen. I was uh, trying to be different than what God designed me to do. My wife used to go to church and every time she used to go to church a lot and I hardly ever went to church. I think the only times I used to go to church it was just on Father's Day and whenever there was food pretty much. Mm-hmm. But I hardly ever went there. But then I started noticing something that I promised my kid that I was going to go to church. And this, this is where I'm saying that our, our, our kids really pay attention to what we do. Yeah. But me, I had so much anger at everything that I didn't want to change. I was so mad at God, at the world, and my dad, and everything that no matter what people were trying to do to make me better, 
I didn't want to in my life. I didn't want to change. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be different. I wanted to be the same because I think that's the right way to do it because we have to be mad at our parents and my dad. Yeah. So I told my son, my son told me that, are you going to go to church on Sunday? I believe it was going to be Father's Day. And back in the day, I wasn't this chubby before. I was a sport guy, play soccer a lot. And that was one of my hobbies on Sundays to go play soccer. I love it. And I told my son on a, I think it was on a Wednesday. It was on a Wednesday. He, he invited me to church. My son was five, six around there. Mm-hmm. And I told my son, I'm going to go to church with you on Sunday. So he got all happy because I said, yes, that Friday night, I get I received a phone call from him. From my soccer, my soccer coach, he told me, Mike, guess what? You, you're going uh, to start on Sunday. On Sunday, sir, you're going to start. I had never started. And I was one of the last ones. I'm not very good at it, but I like it. Yeah. So he told me, you, you're going to start. So, so be there on Sunday. Well, on Sunday morning, instead of getting ready to go to church, I got ready to go play soccer. And then I saw my son's face when uh, he looked at me and says, you're not going to go to church? And I said, no, mijo, I tried to explain it to him. No, oh, I'm going to be playing soccer. I'm not going to start. So I'm going to be the main guy pretty much. And my son just looked at me and just turned around and walked away. And I remember, I remember telling my wife, I remember the look that he gave me. I remember that, that look because I had that look against my dad. That look of disappointment, the look of sadness, the look of, uh, here you go, my dad lied to me again. So I did not go to, I did not go to church. My, my wife and my kids, they left the church. I jumped into my Jeep. I have a 1977 CJ5 or lifted 44s, tires, ready to go to church. And I start driving it. As soon as I move forward, I slam on the brakes going about 20, 30 miles per hour to make a stop. The Jeep doesn't stop. Oh, wow. The brakes and nothing happens. And all of a sudden I go into this, this a church right there next to it and I hit their sign. I crash into the sign. And then in my mind, you should have got to church. Well, at that moment, I was still mad at God. Mm-hmm. And like, nah, I'm going to go play soccer. I remember putting it in reverse, driving my Jeep back and forward, very careful, because I wanted to a smart guy. I get to my parking lot. I see that one of the brake lines busted. So I know mm-hmm. I had a new one. I started changing the brake line. And I was thinking, I'm not going to go to church. I'm going to smart guy. I'm going to I'm gonna go play. I'm going to go play. So I fixed the Jeep right away, like in five, ten minutes. I jumped into the Jeep. I started driving. And I remember I was going very slow because I didn't want God to surprise me again. And I'm on mind, you should go to church, you should go to church, you should go to church. From the from my house to the camp where we're playing soccer, it's like 10, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. When I got there, I got there late. So I didn't get to start. And then in my mind, you should have gone to church. They sit me down, the first half finished, second half starts. And then I don't, I don't get to play. On the last 10 minutes of the game, the coach asked me, Mike, go ahead and come in. And I'm all excited to go in. As soon as I start running into the field, I had no idea how that happens. I stepped into a hole. Oh. There was a big hole in the grass. As soon as I stepped on the hole, I twisted my ankle. It swollen so big that the whole shoe came out. The guys threw the ball at me, and I just see the, front, the ball in front of me. And I just, at that moment, I said, oh, God, forgive me. That was uh, the first time I had to forgive me. But inside me, I had so much anger. So much anger for everything that happened in my life. Mm-hmm. So I get up, I start hopping in one leg, 
towards where all my equipment was. I grabbed it. And then the coach, I'm like, keep going, go back. I said, no, I'm done. Start hopping all the way to my Jeep. Man, it was hurting so much. I couldn't put pressure. And then I get to the Jeep. I keep sitting pretty high. I cry to the Jeep. And then I see the gas pedal. And my Jeep is standard. So I had to use post to to give it gas. It took me about an hour just to get home. Wow. Because of the pain. I get home. I get a bucket of ice. In South Africa, I sit in the couch and I put my foot in it. Then my wife comes back from church. And I remember to look at my son. Like He looks at me and looks at my wife and says, wow, God does answer. But what he prayed for it for I get so I can get punished. At that moment, I started serving God. I started to look for God. I went to church. started uh-huh. seeking God because I saw something that I needed to change. At that time, something happened at church. Um, some things happened at church that the whole congregation went went down. The whole 200 people went down. There was nobody there at church. Only me, my wife, the pastor, and some other family. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was sitting in, in the kitchen, me and my wife, and the pastor called my wife because she was a secretary. He says, she talked to Gabby, my wife. He says, you know something? Something happened at church. The church just went down. There's nothing we can do. Pretty much we're about to lose everything. At that time, that's when God, I heard God's voice. And he told me, if you keep putting your faith in man, men are always going to let you down. Wow. But if, if you put your faith in me, I'm never going to let you down. I remember I told my wife that day, let's go to church. Let's go to the pastor. We went and we talked with him. And I asked the pastor, how can I help you? Well, the pastor didn't know much about me. He asked me, I hardly ever went there pretty much. Mm-hmm. But he told me that, can you help me with the youth? And at that time, I didn't know why I was going to work with youth. I hated youth. I hated all those kids, those brats, all those kids. You know, I, I didn't like them. Yeah. But at that moment, I started realizing everything that I went through with my dad, everything that I went through in my childhood, I had to use it. So I asked God. I asked God, okay, God, I'm here. Give me patience because I don't have it. I was the type of person that if someone did something to me, we're going to fight. If someone says something to me, we're going to fight. And we're going to start fighting. At that moment, I started working with the youth and working and working and working, preaching. I became the second in charge of the church with a pastor. Mm-hmm. God started using me good and I was happy with it. I was preaching about love. I was preaching about everything. And then when it was time to come back home, I, okay, God, I think we're done here in Kansas. I think we're done. And I became, I was alignment already. I changed my life completely. You know, God started using me at work and brought some people to, to Christ. And then I told God, I think it's time to go back home because I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was. Yeah. I didn't know what I didn't know what that was. And I just knew what God is. I knew what love is, but I never had a relationship with the, with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what that is. Yeah. And I asked God, I want to know and I want to learn who you are. I want to be able to say that God is love. I want to be able to say that God can heal you. I want to be able to say that God can heal somebody's heart. So God allowed us to come back home to El Paso, started working here as a lineman in Fort Bliss, Texas. But then I noticed something that I was preaching a lot. I was preaching in youth events, I was preaching in churches, Mexico, here in El Paso, different areas. We were preaching real good. But then God asked me, he put something in my heart and says, how can you preach about love when you don't even talk to your dad? Wow. How can you pray for other ones that God loves you, but you don't love your dad. And it and it hurt. 
Yeah. Because it's, I had never prayed for my dad. I didn't really love him. I didn't really care for him. So I never put him in prayer. And every time we used to talk to me and him, it was a fight. If I go visit my mom, my dad, my dad was there, for sure there was going to be a fight. If I say a word to him, it was going to be a fight. And every time I see him, he used to give me like anger because mm -hmm. I see my dad. Because I remember everything. So I told God, I want you to restore me. I want you to change my life. I want you to make me different. Because I want to forgive my dad. It took a process for about two weeks. And I asked God, give me the strength to talk to my dad. Because I didn't want to be in front of him. I didn't even want to see him. I didn't want to be in front of him because it was so much anger. But God gave me the peace. I remember it was on a, it was on a Sunday afternoon. I, we went to the house. And I told my wife, just go, I told my wife, go inside. And I talked to my dad. When my dad was outside, and as soon as I saw him, we, I started talking to him. And the first thing I told him, I told him to forgive me. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me all upset, all mad. Like, forgive you. And I told him, yes, I told even though I wanted, I even though I wanted to hear those words, those words from him, even though I wanted to hear him say, "I'm sorry for what I did to you," I didn't hear that. The only thing I heard is that he started like getting mad at me, yeah, and started like saying a bunch of bad things to me. He started saying a bunch of stuff that it was hurting me, and I just stayed quiet. If it would have been the other mic, I would explode it right there and just let him have it. Yeah. I just stayed quiet and I just listened and listened and I told my dad dad I just want to know that I love you you know how hard it was for me to say I love you after everything that he did to us wow a lot. and I told him I love you dad he just stayed quiet and he just like didn't know what to say and I told dad I want to change I want to love you I want to be close to you I don't want to Live like this the rest of your life, just being bitter, being mad at you. I don't want to be going through this because I cannot live like this. I cannot preach. I cannot talk about God because I don't love you. I want to be able to feel that you love me. I remember that day. He was real quiet. He, he wanted to say something bad, something like angry, because I was afraid of him. Yeah. Because he was bigger than me. You know, he was, uh, I always saw my dad as someone bigger than me and muscle and everything. Mm -hmm. And I learned that you gotta respect him. But at that, at that time, I was like, I have to talk to him. So he started opening it up. He started telling me, "Whoa, when you were a teenager, you were not very good, and you were all this." So he started telling me my that the things that I did. I told yes, I did all these things. But it's inside me, I wanted to blow up and just tell him everything that I saw. Yeah. But I remember God put it in my heart. You don't need to say that. I'll take care of this. And my dad started changing. After like an hour and a half of me and him just talking back and forth, my dad come down. I remember hugging him. And for the first time in 10, 15 years, I felt a hug like he really needs it. Mm. He started crying. And me inside me, I was all kind of like confused, worried, and scared. What if he explodes again? What if he explodes again? What if he explodes again? And he, he gave me a hug. 
And I gave him a kiss. And that was the first kiss since a long time. All I can say that from that point on, my life got better. Because I think one of the commandments, those of you that read the Bible, they see that you have to love, you have to honor your parents. Wow. It doesn't say mama or papa. It says both. No matter, it doesn't, it doesn't explain, it doesn't say they were good to you. It says honor them. And that word to be, to live it, is very hard. Yeah. Because in order to open up, and say what you feel to you to your dad is very hard. It's very hard, especially to listen to the voice because a lot of times when you hear your dad almost upset and mad, the first time you hear his voice like that, you know something's gonna happen. Yeah. But at that time when my dad started saying, when he told me I love you, man, it made a big difference. From that point on, my life changed completely. Hmm. Dad and I, we have a better relationship. We're both getting older. My dad, my dad had me when they were he was 16 years old, so he was a young guy too. He was very young. So now I understand my dad everything that he went through. Now I understand my dad that what he did, he didn't do it because he wanted to. It was because of the things that he was doing wrong, the machismo, that being a macho, and all that stuff. In order for us to change. In order, in order for us to show our kids that we are different, the change got to happen between us. Mm -hmm. In order to become a good example to our kids, we have to change first. I used to think my dad is never going to change. I used to say, I'm never going to change. But when God comes into our lives, he's the one that makes the change. Because if there's no God, there's no way you're going to change. Now I understand that what happened to me before, what happened that everything that I went through, is not just to help people, but it's to help a lot of people, even in the line work. Even in the line work, I have helped so many people that there's something that is affecting them, something that is slowing them down. There is something that is trying to push them down. And like I told you, when I told Jack, to see different people that came to here. Yeah. I'm not here to show you a religion. I'm not here to show you that Bible. I'm not here to show you that. I'm going to show you what God did in my life. I'm going to show you that God is alive and that God is going to take care of us. Just by obeying those words, I'm going to take care of you and no one else is going to take care of like I will. God has blessed us so much up to this point. Like you said right now, I was a lineman. I became a foreman. And I'm a general foreman, but with a company. All because I listened to what God wanted to do. All because I listened to what God wanted us to do. I think there's a verse in the Bible, and I think anybody can tell me that, that if you're faithful with God, he's going to take care of us. Yeah. Man, and it's amazing to see, Brother Miguel. Uh, thank you so much for that testimony, man. That was that was deep. I I heard it a, a long time ago, and uh, it still touches my heart even now. Just hearing it again, um, it's awesome to see that our obedience has a lot to play in it. You know, 
if you weren't to been obedient to what God was saying, right. And actually walked out that forgiveness. I mean, gosh, I can't even imagine, you know, what you had to go through and the grudges and all that stuff and the anger that you, you felt towards your father, but especially when God's telling you, Hey, you need to forgive this man. I think a lot of times people think that forgiveness is for the other person and it's not, you know, we discuss all the time that forgiveness is actually for you. It sets you free from the bondage that you are in, you know, and, uh, when you're obedient to that, you're actually setting yourself free. There's all kinds of, uh, sicknesses that are associated also with, uh, unforgiveness, like lower back pains and all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really, really detrimental to your house when you're holding on to this stuff that you're never meant to hold on to, you know? Yeah. And, and whenever God tells you to do something, it's very hard to do it. Yeah. It's not, it's very hard because 90% of the time, God is going to put you in a situation where it's going to change your life. God is going to put you in a, on, a, on a position that if you don't do it, you're going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. But if you do it, he's going to change it. And that was the first time that I remember that that decision, it was very hard for me. Because in order for me to forgive my dad, it would have been impossible. Mm-hmm. But just doing that, it didn't just bless our lives, it blessed my ministry. Mm-hmm. And by looking at you, if God were not, if I were not listening to what God wanted me to do, you wouldn't be here with me. Yeah. I wouldn't be here with you. I wouldn't be here in this area. I wouldn't have what I have right now. But it all takes one to make a big difference. Mm-hmm. We never know the impact that our obedience is going to have on everyone else. You know, we always look at it like, okay, if I do this, then what's going to happen in my life, right? What's not going to happen? But I've heard it said one time that someone is waiting for you to get it right. Whether that be your children stopping the generational curses in your life or their grandchildren or whatever it may be, or even the guy who's contemplating suicide, even right now, as we're speaking on this podcast, you know, there's someone going through some struggles right now. You know, we never know how powerful our yes is going to be when we say yes to God and what he has in store for us. Yes, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference if you listen to him. And mm-hmm. many people are going to say, well, how do I know it's God? Many people are going to say, well, how do I know it's God is talking to me? Mm-hmm. But I want you to think about this. And this is for everybody here, David. Whenever God puts something in your thoughts, in your mind, there's always going to be a battle in our minds. There's always going to be a battle right here that is going to try to control you and it's going to try to block what God wants from you. The first thing that God tells you to do, that's the one you follow. Don't start listening to nothing else. If God is asking you to forgive your mom, your dad, your friend, someone, just do it. Because you have no idea the difference that you're going to make in that person's life. And the blessing that you're about to get. Hmm. Even the transformation, like for you being able to tell your father, I bet you in his head, he's like, how can this guy 
say he forgives me and he wants to know me and I was just horrible to him. I I know, yeah, it's gotta be it's gotta be mind blowing for them, right? It's like they're probably like, who is this person? They want to forgive me. I was horrible to this person. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's what it was. And the pressures that he had. Now that we get to talk, you know, we get together, you know, and we talk mm-hmm. together one time and we're asking questions. And I was asking him, and he was like, he just go like, you know, he's my dad is not a, a person that is going to open up. My dad is not that type of person that is going to, you know, tell you about it. My dad is not the type of person that is going to, you know, say, I love you. You know, this is not that type of person. But mm-hmm. that day, it made a difference on him because it made, it made him soft. He changed his heart. And that's how we found out that my dad really loves me. Mm-hmm. Even though I didn't think he loved me, now I know he loves me. And I know I love him too. Wow. Wow. Yes, there's so many fathers out there right now that are going to be listening to this. And so many people I've spoken to that have so many father wounds, you know, um, and you could tell too, cause you'll ask them, how was your relationship with your father? That's one of the questions I ask and they start bawling, you know, they don't know they, 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 here's this person that's supposed to love them and protect them and, and teach them stuff. You know what I mean? And that person may have may or may have not done that or may or may have not done that correctly. You know what I'm saying? And it's very hard to, and these are grown men. These are big, big men. You know, we work in an industry and a trade where uh, there's some burly guys, some of the toughest men I've ever met in my life. You know what I mean? And man, these guys are just crying over this. You know what I mean? So this is something that's very real, you know, and we need to learn to forgive, you know, and like I said it before, and I'll say it again, forgiveness isn't just, and it isn't fair. It is just for you. You know? That, that is true. If you don't forgive yourself, you're going to get stuck in the same mode that you're at. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be, that's the right word. You're going to be merciful. How can fathers, Miguel, who have made these mistakes, you know, I, I know there's got to be a ton of regret that they have, but how can these fathers go about their life and you know, knowing that they made these mistakes, how can they find redemption and forgiveness to, to be able to forgive themselves the way they treated or mistreated their, their families? What do you say to them? I have talked to a lot of fathers and, and I had a lot of meetings with um, teenagers, with their, with their parents. Uh-huh. And the number one thing is that my father does not, not understand me. Hmm. We as parents, as fathers, pretty much, we push our kids to be, especially our boys, we push them to be tough. Mm-hmm. Because that's the mentality of a man. We gotta be tough, but we're forgetting that they're also gonna teach them how to be gentle and how to be respectful. So if we learn how to take care of our kids. You know, a lot of times we're the ones that have to change first. Mm-hmm. And if you really love your kid, if you really love your your daughter, if you really want your family to be different, then you have to be different. Mm-hmm. If you hold this grudge, like I said at the beginning. We're like open books, and our kids are seeing us. They're looking at us at everything that we do, mm-hmm. looking at everything that we're doing. If we don't know how to forgive, we are adults. We can forgive. We can learn to forgive mm-hmm. because you can teach your kids how to forgive people. So it starts with you forgiving yourself, right? And that's that's going to transpire and show your kids what forgiveness is, right? 
if you don't, if you don't, if you don't want, it's up to the person. Yeah. Like me, I wanted to change. I wanted to be better than my dad. Okay. I'm not saying better financially, better than my mom. I just want to be better. That if, that if my dad treated my mom bad, I want to do better. Mm-hmm. If my dad was cheating on my mom, I didn't want to cheat my wife. Mm-hmm. My wife and I were going on like 30 years now. Wow. 31, 31 years married. Wow. That's a testament right there. I had never cheated on her. You know, I'm always faithful to her. You know, I was not very good at the beginning, mm-hmm. but I never cheated on her. And that was my goal to become a better dad, become a better parent, a better husband. And it all started by changing, trying to change. Because if you don't want to change, you're going to stay, you're going to get stuck in the same mode. Mm-hmm. I remember reading a the Bible that whenever we come to Christ, it says that we are we are new. Yeah. When you come to God, everything changes. If you keep reading it, it keeps describing what changes. And when I started studying into that, changes, what does that mean? The word change. Mm-hmm. The only thing I remember is that it was I had to change. If the other person doesn't want to change, it doesn't matter. It's you that you have to change. Mm-hmm. How can fathers, Miguel, who have made a lot of mistakes, right? Say when their kids get older and those children, because I'm sure you've seen this where the children don't even want anything to do with their, their own dads, right? How can you, how can a father start, right? Who's, who's dealing with this, working towards reconciliation with their kids to be able to reach their kids, you know, especially if they've done some bad things. How can a father do that? The first thing that you gotta do is earn their trust. Mm, okay. That's that is the that is the because when someone loses faith on your own dad, yeah. When someone doesn't want to see the dad, it's because they don't trust you. Mm. Is that they don't they don't trust you? Why? Because you let them down. Two, you're nobody to him. But once you start earning that trust, that's gonna make a big difference. And maybe you're going to say, well, how can I do that? And this is where God comes into the picture. Mm-hmm. Because if you're trying to earn the trust, they got to be able to see the difference or the change in you. In order for them to trust you, they got to be able to see that you are a different person. Because if you're not changing or anything, no matter what you do, no matter if you buy them a Ferrari, a Corvette, or whatever, they're still not going to trust you. They're going to trust you. They're going to like you for a little bit. But then they're not gonna trust you. Yeah. But having trust from your kids is the best feeling ever. Mm-hmm. Remember the Bible says that um, our battles are not against flesh and blood, but it's against something more powerful than you. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have God in your heart, or you don't have God in it, those things are gonna attack you pretty bad. Yeah. But if you allow God. To change you, then you're gonna understand and learn that God is in your side, and no matter what they're going through, you're gonna beat it. Mm-hmm. So if they see that you're, you're changed man, and you, they see that you're a person that is showing a different, um, a different attitude, that whenever they're gonna talk to you, you don't answer all mad, or you don't answer all, you know, pissed off about something. Those are things that I had to change. 
Mm-hmm. Those are things that even as a pastor or even as a dad or even as a youth pastor, I had to change that with my kids. Because when your kids tell you, I don't love you, it sucks. Yeah. It means that I did something wrong. I had to change a lot in order to earn the trust of my kids. I had, especially with my oldest, I had to change so I could earn his trust. Mm-hmm. And now, our relationship, my kids and I, it's a lot better than before. Mm-hmm. You made a big, but number one, you got to earn their trust. Okay. Other than that, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. So, and definitely you do that by emulating that you are a changed person. And that only comes through a relationship with, with God, really. I mean, cause you and I both know that a person can only change so much, you know, all the push-ups all the burpees that people are doing to try to uh, change their their whatever state of mind that they're in only works for so long. Like they say, a zebra can never change his stripes, right? It's only through the redemption power in Jesus Christ that's going to actually cause that lasting change. Yes, and, and remember that um, even as a Christian person, we're going to make mistakes. Yes. As a Christian person, we are when we brought our kids to this world, when God gave these kids to us, they don't come with a manual. Mm-hmm. The only manual we have is the Bible. That's the only manual that we have that we can guide our kids to. And even at that point, many kids, they're not gonna want they're, they're not gonna want to be with you, even if you're a Christian or a pastor, they're not gonna be with you. Mm-hmm. Because something that they still detect that you're still doing and it reminds them, they take them back. Of how you used to be. So that's what I'm saying. If we really want to change as dads, as fathers, it's got to be a complete change inside our hearts, our minds, in the way we talk, the way we walk, the way we act, and how we treat our kids. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only way we're gonna, they're going to trust us. Wow. Wow. No, you're absolutely right, Miguel. Um, it does start with us for sure, and the changes and being really able to show God to our kids. You know what I mean? We are, I know a lot of, and we're going to get into this on a later podcast about um, being angry with God, you know, like you were, you know, your father and, and, and being angry with uh, your father that, that spawned off into your relationship with God and being angry with God. So that's how important our role is as a leader, as a father, as a husband in our home. We are the priest in our homes that sets the example and the tone and the relationship with the almighty God in heaven. You know, that's, that's the, the first thing that they're going to see. So if we're preaching and, and doing hallelujahs, and then we're living like the devil during the week and, and treating mama like crazy and, and, and yelling at the kids. And I'm not saying anybody's perfect. No one's perfect. You know what I mean? But there's gotta be that redemptive change brother, because when you're saying one thing and it's not in alignment with what you're preaching, dude, something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes a big difference. The change got to start in us. We yeah. have to admit that we were, I mean, if we want our kids to change and to be better, where's the ones we got to change? Not that. Mm. we're the ones that guide them according to Proverbs 22 6 we're the ones that instruct the kids yes it, it doesn't see for right now that way when they get older they will never depart 
Mm-hmm. It's up to us to make a difference. It's up to us to change. You know, where we as fathers, it's not just going to work, bring home the bacon, and that's it. We as fathers, we have a role at home too. Mm-hmm. We as fathers we have to spend time with our kids. And sometimes we leave it up to mom. We leave it up to somebody else to take care of when in reality it's actually us. Mm-hmm. Well, Miguel, I thank you once again for coming on this podcast, brother. And I just want to say right now, for you fathers who are listening or anybody who is listening right now, if you don't know where to begin to start with forgiveness, how about asking for forgiveness from your father above? And I just want to lead you guys to a prayer right now. Um, If you're holding on to uh, any kind of unforgiveness, I want you to just repeat these words after me. Father God. Forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for thinking the thoughts that I had towards my own father. Forgive me for ever doubting you, Lord. I repent and ask for forgiveness, and I ask for you to be Lord of my life. And according to Romans 10, 8, 9, and 10, Lord God, you're going to cause all things to work together for my good, Lord. So, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I ask that you forgive me, and I Ask the Lord Jesus to be Lord of my life. Help me to change my heart, creating me a new heart so I don't have to carry around this baggage of unforgiveness anymore towards my father, towards my mother, towards you, Lord God. Help me to become better so that my kids could have a better life as well. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, David. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Absolutely, Brother Miguel. How could anybody reach out to you if they have any questions? If you can please share that, that'd be amazing, brother. You can find me on Facebook. I'm old school still on Facebook, Mike Quinones. Or they can give me a call. Oh, actually, my phone number, my phone goes everywhere. 915-494-5247. Or you want to send me a letter or something digital, MikeQuinones.com. I mean, it's something that, that I'm here to help people. I mean, there's times at three to four in the morning, I'm already there talking to someone, helping somebody. And if you need help, I'm here for you too. Yes. And I can attest to Brother Miguel. I've called him on all hours of the day on things that I thought were crisis to me. And he just picks up the phone and he just brings new insight and light and lets me see that, hey, it's not as bad as what you thought in your head, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Miguel's definitely a person who's bringing hope. And that's what we're called to do here on this show is to bring brothers hope. All right. Thank you once again. This is David and Pastor Mike on our show. And uh, we look forward to seeing what you guys have on the comments. And uh, once again, if you guys want to, if you like what we're doing, uh, check out our swag that we have on the show up shop. Uh, All proceeds go to this uh, online ministry, a nonprofit. It's a 501c3. So everything that you guys get in there the new shirts the new stickers everything like that that all goes back to airing this podcast to help brothers like you thank you